This podcast allows others to tell their spiritual stories and journeys and gives them the safe space to do so. Some things said within may not always align with the views of our podcast. Here at Coven of Rejects, we believe in allowing anyone to tell their story regardless of our own personal beliefs. While we do encourage you to follow our guests on social media to better understand their journey, we do ask that you use your own intuition to discern what energy may or may not align with you. What's up, weirdos, rejects, and free spirits? Welcome back to another episode of Coven of Rejects. I'm your host, Diana Ratliff. As always, sit back, clutch your crystals, and let's get into some crazy spiritual shit. I want to thank 777 Sounds for making that kick-ass introduction song. You can find them on Instagram at 777sounds. Announcements. So we are fully moved into the new house. I am recording in the podcast room. I know that I recorded a little bit uh, last week from in here, but this interview this week was done in here and I'm recording this from in here. I just feel like we're getting all settled in. It was recommended that I make an Amazon wish list for the podcast room. Here's what I'm doing, guys. I'm going to have an Amazon wish list in my link tree in my bio on all my platforms. If you want to order something for the podcast room, that's cool. But really what I'm doing it for is because I want to take you guys on the journey of decorating this room with me. If you follow me on TikTok, then you know you've watched my journey from not having the podcast room and starting the podcast and then making a little area and now we've moved. We have a whole room here and I just want to keep taking you guys on that journey. So the Amazon wish list is going to just let you see kind of what the vibes are. I also created a whole Pinterest board. Um, I'm just really excited. And then this is also the year that we are going to start taking the podcast visual, so it won't just be audio. We are going to have visual in-person interviews too. It's going to be amazing. You guys have also been sending me pictures of you guys in the Coven of Rejects merch, and I love it. Um, make sure that when you are doing the TikTok videos of you opening your merch items, Please make it so that your duets are on so that I can duet you and post you on my social medias. I will post you on TikTok. I'll put you on Instagram. I will put you in the Facebook page as well. I am so excited about all of you getting these merch items and tagging me in the photos. It is so awesome. If you don't have merch and you want to order anything, the link is going to be in the description. It's covenofrejects.com. We've got 420-friendly um, witchy blankets. We've got um, all kinds of different shirts. I think that my favorite one is the um, Support Your Local Coven hoodie. I tell you guys about it every week. It's got a fire. It's got naked witches dancing around it. I think it's amazing. We added some things. We've got the Jesus is a Witch shirt bitchcraft the Ouija shirt that one's a cannabis friendly shirt as well we've got so many options on the site guys you guys can go and take a look and remember if you order anything please make sure that you tag me in those pictures if you are not following the social medias my tiktok and my instagram are gemini underscore goddess 420 
And then the Facebook page is Coven of Rejects. I think that I actually want to find somebody who helps me manage the Coven of Rejects Facebook page because um, I'm great with the TikTok and Instagram thing, but remembering to post in the Facebook group and like keep it interactive and keep the giveaway bumping for you guys and stuff is like just a whole nother animal right now and my brain can't wrap itself around it. So if anybody is interested in helping me run the Facebook page, send me a message on Instagram. Again, Gemini underscore goddess 420. That would be really dope. I will pay you in some free merch. <laughs> this week's episode is with Amy Bolesky. If you guys do not follow her on social media as you need to, her stuff is, of course, going to be linked in the description where you can find her, what her name is. She is a psychic medium. She has had so many experiences with um, different organized religions, her own stories in them. And now she um, she just practices in her own unique, beautiful way and helps heal people with her mediumship. And it was wonderful getting to talk with her. It was almost like... We just wanted to keep on talking. I don't know how to explain that. I just, I kept on wanting to talk to her, but I had to go to work. And so we had to cut it short, but she's somebody who I, I just admire. I am so honored that she was on the podcast and I want to make sure you guys go and follow her because her energy is just so unique and, um, just loving and inviting and, I just, I just love her. You guys are going to love her too. So without further ado, sit back and here is Amy Bolesky. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh my God. Sorry. I just woke up. So I have my low sleepy voice on right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is okay. I actually just woke up myself and I had a dream that we were trying to connect and it kept on... <laughs> We were trying to connect, but I was driving in the car. Like the timing hadn't worked out. Oh, I was terrible. driving. I pulled over. I was like, yeah, I'll do it here. And then there were a bunch of birds. And then my alarm woke me up and I'm like, oh, thank goodness. It's not real. I get to start over. <laughs> I mean, well, the, at least they're that the birds are a good omen. That means it's light. I mean, if we're going to do like some sort of weird dream interpretation there, but welcome in. Well, I'm glad I'm glad we're both here. Honestly, I, I didn't know if this was going to be Zoom. You know, my husband and my secretary does everything. And um, and I was like, where's it at? Where's the Zoom? And they're like, it's not. It's something called anchor. And I'm like, what if it doesn't work? So... <laughs> So we're all here together. Well, welcome in. I am glad to be here. If you hear me sipping things, it's because I'm drinking my lifeblood, which is coffee. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I sent you an email yesterday and I'm like, there will be no video. Please be in your pajamas drinking your coffee. It's Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, I've done. I've done. I have another podcast on. I think it's I don't know, next week sometime, but it's Zoom and it's like six o'clock in the morning and it's yeah. See, I didn't want to do that to you. No. Well, thank you. Thank you. I love you. Well, wait, you're on the East Coast or are you in Central? No, I am Mountain Time. So I'm actually in Idaho. Why? 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 Why so early? What are you doing? Um, because you had uh, limited time options. Is that just me? Okay. I didn't know if it was you too. Okay. 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 Yeah. It is. It gets, especially like today I have this and I have a dental appointment at 10. And then because I have students, I start my student teaching at one. And then after that, I start my sessions at three and then I go until 10 o'clock at night. Oh my gosh. 
yeah, it's a whole thing. And then in between there, I have to edit content and um, eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So yeah, well, you got to eat and stay alive. It's really we important. Were, exactly. I, I just want to be closer to spirits. And so I slowly kill myself every day by not eating, you know, gone. I love that. Thank you. No, tell me, ask me anything. I'm super excited about this. I love this. So a little about this podcast is I started this because when I kind of started my own journey with spirituality, I was raised in organized religion. Yep. And so when I started my journey, I... I didn't really know where I could go, where there were people like me. I didn't have any stories I could listen to. Social media Mm -hmm. is kind of helping bridge the gap, but Mm -hmm. there's still a lot of, I call it gatekeeping of just like not giving information, people being like just kind of rude about their responses. And so I Mm -hmm. feel like there's this whole community of lost people. And so what I try to do here is talk about like, your upbringing, how you were raised, whether that was in organized religion or practicing spirituality. And then when you started um, like noticing your gifts and how you honed in on them. So I would love to start with your upbringing. Did you grow up, you know, practicing um, any kind of way that you do now? Did you grow up with religion? Are you still in, um, you know, identify? Go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, no, it, um, let's just build the framework of the house and then put the furniture in, I guess you'd say, of the story. So a long time ago in 1988, there was something that happened. I was born Um, and I was born uh, right so long ago, but um, I was born and my father uh, was a first generation of Russian Jew uh, that settled in uh, New York area and then became a uh, military general. Uh, for the Air Force, and then moved down south to Texas. And so he grew up being Russian Orthodox Jew. Um, And then gradually, obviously, because that wasn't, he was born in 1935. So let's just take it back there. So they fled, obviously, because of the fun stuff that was going on in Europe. Um, And when we got over here, uh, his side of the family, instead of being Jewish, they changed to Catholic. So big switch, right? Big, I mean, all the way through. And so they grew up there. Anyways, you know, skipped together 50 years, ends up in um, Houston, Texas, uh, and he meets my mother after his first marriage. And so now he's Catholic at this point, right? But still follows that his grandmother and mother are, well, mother is still practicing Jewish. He's not. And then my mother grew up in East Texas, is a nice Texas woman. And her father was a Methodist pastor at the church across the street. Okay. And so they got together. They're 20 years apart in age. Um, They end up having uh, two more daughters. So me and my sister. Um, And so I grew up and obviously the man was being nice since he's older. And so he took on now instead of being Catholic and Jewish. um, Now he said, we'll be Methodist. And so to make my sweet mother's heart happy. And so anyway, so growing up, we grew (laughs) up right with like the practice of Judaism, right? We still had the, uh, you know, everything that went along with that. So, and then we had the Catholic thing, right. With the whole 12 dishes for all that stuff for Christmas. And then we grew up going to a Methodist church all my life and, you know, making sure you went to Sunday school and MYF Methodist used the fellowship and stuff like that. And I remember, uh, growing up in the church and it was fun because after Sunday school, you get snacks. <laughs> I was all into the food. You know, Jesus is cool, but it was all about those animal crackers and that really cheap juice that you got at the end yes. of it. And um, yeah, that <laughs> that was the whole part. And and of course, you know, getting up and doing the plays and being excited about singing in front of 50 people. But 
at that point, fast forward to, I guess you would say I was 13 and we got a new pastor at our church. I mean, and we were, we were hardcore, you know, like it was, it was hardcore. We got a new pastor at our church and it was a female. And I remember growing up, I'll tell you a couple of funny stories with that. I remember growing up and going uh, into the church. And one of the things I used to preach before was, you know, oh, don't, don't be gay or going to go to hell. I don't know how bumping crotches doesn't get you into heaven, but apparently that's a thing. Um, but don't be gay. <laughs> yeah. Apparently God cares about what you do down below. I, I don't know. It's love. That's a whole nother thing. We'll talk about that. But don't Can't be wait. gay. Oh, yeah. Or don't be gay. You're going to go to hell. Don't do this. You're going to go to hell. You know, all this different stuff. And then I remember we got a new pastor. It was a female. And she was preaching. And then we ended up finding out that she was from Oregon and she was married to a woman. And at 13, I had been told my entire life, like, don't do this. And now this woman is my leader and she's gay. I was like, wow, my brain just melted in my head. You know, how does that work? And so at 14, obviously, I had friends that were older than me. I was a social butterfly in high school. And so I started going around with my friends to their different churches, you know, and I went to um, first we started out with a thing called Seacock, which was called so I know it's everything's fitting um, Seacock Southeast Church of Christ. And so that's non-denominational. And that's where, you know, if you play music, you're going to hell. Right. Those are the people. Mm -hmm. And, and that was fun. That was good. Did that for a little bit. Um, then I said, you know what, let's go and look at Lutheran. So at like 15, I was like, let's go try Lutheran. And then I went back to Catholicism for a couple of weeks. I had a really good friend. Her, her dad was the, um, uh, the, the head of the youth group and he was the youth pastor, right. For Catholicism, beautiful, love the rituals. I thought, and all the gold stuff oh, mm -hmm. made my Libra heart go, Ooh. Um, it was, I was like, oh my God, crowns of gold. Um, and then I ended up actually, uh, I was a musician at the same time, uh, violin and piano. And I went to state many a times and was the number one violin and violist for, for two years. It was interesting in the state. And so I was playing at this church in, um, downtown Houston that the Bushes go to. So like president Bush, like that's where they had the funeral and all that stuff. Yeah. So like, like, Oh yeah. Playing there. And so my best friend was the organist. He went to Juilliard and we ended up seeing, I guess you'd say for, for playing and going behind the scenes, we ended up seeing the, the satirism uh, about the churches. We ended up seeing the, you know, Oh, well, if you don't wear this, you know, you're not going to heaven. If you don't do this, you're not going here. Oh my God. You didn't pledge 10% to the AC bill. So, you know, fuck you, Janet, you know? And it's yep. like, wait, that's not, that's not what this is. This is about love. Like, what is this? And so then I got really pissed off and I ended up finding a boyfriend. Uh, he, he played in a praise and worship team. He was in a rock band and, um, we, I played and sang in an all Spanish Pentecostal praise and worship team for five years. <laughs> that was a flip because at that area they're very hardcore religious but then they also had prophets and then people would also start shaking and falling on the floor and screaming and at that point i didn't know spanish yet i just heard all the music and saw everybody going nuts and i didn't understand it but i'm like you know i'm here for this guy so because i love him and i don't know what's going on and so anyways i learned spanish i understood that and and that was an interesting part because that was a church where the pastor would come up and everybody would get really freaked out. And then they would put their hand on your head and make you fall back and cover you with a blanket. Mm -hmm. You know, that blanket. Yeah. and I remember him coming up to me. I think I was 18 at this point. He came up to me 
and he's doing everybody's falling and I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have the feeling of spirit through me. This is amazing. And he comes up and he puts his hand on my head and he stares at me and he tells me, whispers, he says, go down. And I'm thinking, but you're, I'm just supposed to be overwhelmed and go down. I never went down. He pushed me down <laughs> and I fell on the floor and I was just like, all right, I'll just lay here and act dead. Right. Because I learned how to do that. What are you playing possum in the Lord's yeah, house? Uh -huh. Yeah, no, I play possum in the church because everybody else is falling, right? <laughs> and so you have to fall too. Otherwise, nobody's believing that this man has divine powers. Um, and so anyways, so later on down the line, this pastor too, I ended up finding out that he had, um, he actually got impeached from the church because I ended up finding out that he had stole um, $8,000 from the, the church money. Uh, to pay for uh, a, uh, he was cheating on his wife. Let's just say and he was paying for people, and he had done that. And so at this oh, point, oh, this is hooker and blow money. Uh, uh, mm -hmm, I like mm -hmm, it. Mm -hmm. So now at this point, I've experienced Catholicism. You know, I experienced uh, Lutheranism. I, I went to, uh, you know, everything. And now I'm at the most extreme, right? Pentecostal. And mm -hmm. I'm still not finding this word of love. Where is this coming from? And so then what did I do? I switched. Um, and so I went and I was like, let's go do Buddhism. Let's go look into Taoism. Let's go understand all these things. So before the age of like 19, I've had all these experiences. And then that's mixed in there with, okay, so that's mixed in there with at five, I had childhood cancer. Oh and so gosh. I almost... Yeah. So I almost died from that. And so this is why I was doing this. So I almost died from that. And so I had near death experience from that. And then I would see and experience things. So I would experience, I remember, uh, we have video of me talking about the angel in the corner of my room. And then my mother saw it one time and she freaked out. We, we talked about, um, uh, you know, my grandfather coming to visit me and I have this whole conversation with my mother sitting on my bed and she's filming it about what he looks like and all this stuff. And I had never met him before I was five. Um, and then, you know, go for it at that point. I had no idea that, um, you know, I was going to have this chronic illness that follows me along that I've had 28 surgeries for in the past seven years. And I remember the only thing out of all this stuff that I got out of it that was really, really interesting is at that Pentecostal church, they had a prophet come in. And he, you know, at that point, you know, I, I didn't know really what Sylvia Brown was. I didn't know what all this mediumship was. I'd been having these experiences. I, at that point, it was kind of, I was trying to find myself because I was having the experiences and premonitions of like, this is going to happen to this dude. Oh my God, it did happen. You know, this is what I'm experiencing here. Like this, one of my really good friends, I kept, uh, his name is JD. And I kept telling him, I kept having these dreams and premonitions that he was going to get ejected from a car and die. Anyways, he did. He ended up getting ejected. He was turning out from um, Chick-fil-A going on to the side road of the main highway. And um, an 18-wheeler came by and hit him, ejected him, and ran over him, and he died. And I remember that was – I was like, how do you know that? How do I know that? Where did that come from? That fucked me up for God weeks. And I was going to my mom, and I was like, I don't know how this is happening. You know, I don't know if this is happening. So I went on a spiritual journey because apparently people that own churches must know more than me. Um that's what they it's want you to think anyways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and But they didn't. They would just tell you no, 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 no. And so, you know, all these, all these crazy things were happening. And so that was really my journey. So then I, one day, um, I guess you'd say I was in, well, not, I was in my second year of college. And I was still living at home because I, obviously I was one of the cool kids that went to community college, you know. Right. And. Yeah. And so anyway, sitting at home and I'm writing 
uh, are trying to study for my biology two final and I'm ADHD. And so my brain's going a million other places besides studying for that. And I'm having this overwhelming feeling of my best friend at that time who died of the same type of cancer that I did. I feel him around me. I experience him like all these different knowings. I mean, that's a normal thing. And so what did I do at the time? What was the, the best way? It wasn't about reading books. It was the Montel Williams show. It was let's watch Sylvia Brown. What does she do? Oh, this is the only at that point. Like, that's the only thing besides, like, uh, crossing over with John Edwards, you know? And if you didn't have cable, you couldn't catch that. We, we didn't have cable. We were kind of poor. And so I wrote in to Sylvia Brown Montel Williams, and I said, you know, I had this childhood cancer. My best friend died. I've had all these experiences. Like, I've had these, you know, two near-death experiences at that point from almost dying in a car accident. And for some reason, I was perfectly fine. And I go, I just don't understand it. And so a week later, I'm having my biology two final, and I get a call on my phone. Hi, this is Diane from the, uh, you know, sir, this is, I, I think it was Jessica or something. This is Jessica from, like, the Montel Williams show. We just got your response we want you to come and be a guest <gasps> and I'm like oh yeah yeah so my my final that I was studying for before now I'm there anyways fly up to New York have a reading with her and uh she tells me everything that I want to you know hear and she does a really good job and she ended up telling me she said she said you know uh you do what I do and you do it really well and you're going to end up getting big later on just watch and I'm sitting there at 18 thinking, and I have the recording. I actually posted a clip of it on my TikTok. Um, I have, and I was thinking, no, I'm not. Like, what are you talking about? Now look where we're at. Anyways, back up because I'm ADHD and I forgot. I was talking about the prophet. And so the one prophet at that Pentecostal church, he came up to me at the very end. Didn't come up to anybody else. He's preaching about what he does, how he does. And a prophet obviously is a type of spiritual medium. And I remember him coming up to me specifically. I don't know if it was because I was the only white girl in there that was singing Spanish songs or if it was just because that was just how it is. And he came up to me and he put his hands on my shoulders and he looked at me in the eyes and there was some weird feeling that came out of it. He goes, I just want to let you know, you are going to go through some really, really dark areas that nobody else will have this experience at all. And I'm thinking, well, no shit. Like that's a None of us have the same experiences. And he's like, you're going to have, you know, at least four near death experiences and you're going to come out and he goes, and you are going to do what I do later. You're going to become a medium. And I'm like, uh, you know, and I'm sitting here with all these hardcore people don't believe in that. And I'm like, okay, you know, and he leaves and he moves on. And so ever so often I'll think about that. And I'm like, you know, looking where I'm at and I'm like, okay. Have you had four near death experiences? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had um, I had one from a car accident. I had uh, one from uh, my biggest one was I had brain surgery to put my brain back in my head. I have a thing called Chiari malformation. And um, I ended up getting a sepsis MRSA infection inside of my brain fluid. And it's still there. I didn't know I had it until uh, my incision exploded and all of my brain fluid came out of my head and I coded on the table. Um, so that was interesting. Another one was from, um, I had a hysterectomy and they had left part of a tool inside of me and I got a really bad staph infection from it. And I didn't know it was until it became septic. Um, and then I was being stubborn and didn't want to go in. And so I, they, yeah, they had to rush me in. Um, and I coded, uh, because all your organs fail when you get three weeks into a septic shock infection. Oh my gosh. Um, and then the one after that, so my fourth and final one, which was I don't know. That was, 
I can remember actively dying on the brain one, but this one was the most interesting because I was met with my dogs that all died. It was weird. I didn't realize that I had had, anyways, with the disease that I have, just so people don't think, you know, how does she not know? With the disease that I have, you have a thing that's called prolapsing. So my uh, uterus at the time when I had one and my vagina canal or my cooter canal and then your uh, intestinal canal, right? <laughs> Those come out of your body. They say, fuck you to your connective tissue and they leave. And so it's like a sock coming out. Anyways, had that happen and they've had to do that three different times. So they tack it up to your body um, through your spine. And what happens is obviously when things get fucked with and they get surgery on them, they go numb, right? So anyways, so I didn't realize that I had had a bladder infection for three months because you can't feel it. And I have a single kidney because of the cancer that I had and it had gone up into my kidney. And I was at work and I kept feeling bad, bad, bad. And I thought it was maybe I'm not getting enough sleep. Maybe I'm not getting enough of this. Like I don't have any of these other signs. I can't feel it because I don't have any pain there. And um, I ended up uh, passing out um, inside of my elevator at my job. And they ended up having to rush me uh, to the hospital. And by the time they got there, it had gotten into my, my brain and my blood, like in between the brain blood barrier. And they put me in a coma <laughs> for eight days. Like it, it, it had, it was, yeah, it was interesting. Um, and so, yeah, I think after every single one of these near death experiences too, uh, I would come back and, things would be clearer. Mm -hmm. uh, there would be more compassion for people. There'd be more compassion for everything from the smallest blade of grass to the hobo on the side of the street in downtown Houston as I was leaving the hospital. There was just a vibration that connected us all. It was the weirdest thing. And so my, my mom would you know, see me or the time my husband and they'd be like, you're turning more and more into Gandhi. And I'm like, I know it's really weird. Like, I don't know what's going on. And um, it was just this weird knowing that we were all together and there was just compassion. There was no fear. And so I think, you know, mixed in with experiencing all these different churches and realizing that spirituality and the love for one another doesn't come by physical means. It comes from the connection we have with each other. Um, and then doing all of my own research and then having my own near-death experiences mixed in with having a family that grew up very, very, very hardcore strict religious. And then they went to atheist um, in my, I guess you'd say, 1920 area, like when I was 19 or 20. And then when I found my hardcore spirituality and after all these experiences they saw it and they were like, there has to be more. Like this person should have died, right? And so they went from being hardcore to absolutely nothing to now we meditate together. <laughs> Whoa, what a spin. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we went from being Russian Jews to yeah. Catholic to Methodist yeah. to. Yeah. I tried everything. I love this. Well, and, and that goes into pulling things from different places, like experiencing different things to figure out what's going to work for you. Yeah. And do you find that you have little pieces of each of those things that you still carry with you as far as beliefs go? Like, hey, I liked this thing and I agreed with this, but I don't agree with these other things and kind of take like little pieces with you? Yeah. Well, what I, what I found from all of these religious experiences is number one, let's back it up. 
So remember, you know, for people that are listening that either Christian or, or, you know, wherever you come from, remember that religion was formed to control the masses. And the original thing is ministry. Jesus didn't have religion. Jesus ministered. Ministering is going out to the people, becoming with the people and um, having them enlightened by the love and power of God. I call source or love. It's the same thing. It's a higher vibration. Religion is whenever we appoint um, somebody that we feel like they know more than everybody else and that we almost try to place God inside of him. And we look at that person as a being of God. Well, in actuality, we're all beings of God. We come from God. If you read the gospel of Thomas, um, verse number three, which is a book that was taken out of the Bible in the third century, um, when they were redoing the Bible, Mm -hmm. Uh, it says, Jesus says, you know, the kingdom of heaven is within you and within me and within all of us. So it's everywhere, you know, and so it does, it's just not appointed to one person. Uh, but I found with all of these experiences that I like the rituals from a lot of them, but then of course they bull guard them or they say, this is mine. This is this we're all together. Um, I like uh, the commonality and how people get together for a common good. I don't like that, you know, people say, this is me, this is you, we're all one. Um, I love the rituals that come from Catholicism. I think there's a lot of deep mysticism that goes into it too, like the whole humming with it, you know, the whole um, smoke thing, you know, that's where we get a lot of the sage stuff from. It's not so much of, you know, when they're doing the lanterns with the smoke and the incense in them, mm -hmm. um, it, it's not so the fact of does the smoke do anything entertaining. It's the fact that when you smell it or when you sense that, it puts you in a state of that meditative state boom it's almost like remembering it kind of like if you walk into a random store and you smell a smell that smells like grandmother's house right you're like oh that puts you back to that moment yeah. uh, smell taste all these senses do it and so i like the rituals and every single one of them have a commonality of love and that we need to be here together but it's whenever we start to put in our humanistic principles of and and tribal thoughts and animalistic values of this is mine this is yours get out of my circle that's when it goes awry uh, because we've been pitted against each other so long from the higher ups and from each other to feel like we're all different when we're not. We're each part. What was one of my favorite phrases I heard? It was from Taoism is that, you know, whether you are an acorn or an oak tree, you're the same thing. Right. And so some people may not be an oak tree. Some people may be an acorn, but just because they are doesn't mean they're any different because one quarter, one day that acorn will become an oak tree and vice versa. And so we're at just different phases. We're just at different phases. Yeah. I recently, well, I wouldn't say recently, but I, I wouldn't say that I have an issue, but I, I guess I do with the people who are um, still in an organized religion um, and judge other people for practicing differently mm -hmm. or say that everything is like the devil's work or not. I think that um, if we're all supposed to be coming from a place of love and that is what the entire purpose of like Jesus's teachings that people are mm -hmm. following is, I think mm -hmm. that it's entirely hypocritical and yeah. I've started calling it out on my page um, just because, you know, so many comments and I've seen your lives where people are like, God doesn't want this. God doesn't like this. And I'm like, this person is spreading so much love and healing and helping yeah. people with your gift. And, and the fact that 
you know, there are still people so ignorant and confused about their own spirituality that they attack other people is just baffling to me. Well, correct. So on, on that one, you have to remember a couple of things. You have to remember a couple of things. One, that is their journey. Why do we get upset when people do that? Why do people get upset when they do that? Well, it's because we have already um, moved up the chain or we've already enlightened to ourselves, And so we expect them to be there too. And so that gap causes frustration, you know, um, that is their journey, you know, and they, they will either come back in or they'll, you know, be enlightened or, or, or maybe, maybe they won't. And, and for that moment and in this lifetime, that's okay. You know, that's okay. We, we can't, um, there's no changing. There just is. There's, that is what they believe. I will not be able to change their beliefs if they decide to come um, as they are and be a part and understand and learn. That's fine. But as soon as you start closing off your mind, closing off your head, closing off your heart, that's where it ends. And there's not going to be any argument. There's not going to be any conversation. There's not going to be any of that. And so I'm just here to be an open sounding board for people to talk to and understand and learn. Um, and if they want to come at as this is evil or this is devil, that you have to break that down to what is that phrase? That's coming out of fear. Yeah, that is fear. Fear is the most powerful feeling anywhere. Fear is what stops you from, um, like I say on live, fear is what stops you from eating that spoonful of ice cream because we're afraid we're going to get fat, right? Fear is what um, stops you from, I guess you'd say, going to the store. I'm afraid people are going to see me, right? Fear is what stops you from looking for that other job. I'm afraid if I look for this one, they'll find out over here, right? Who cares? Stop having fear. Just do it. Just live your life and enjoy it. Just live it. And whenever people are fearful, their brain goes into an animalistic state. And that goes into lashing out, fighting out. Think of a, a scared possum in a cage, right? I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a teddy bear or if it's a lion. They're going to go after it. Right? Yeah. And so when somebody's in a fearful state, and another person is at a calm, confident, peaceful state. I'm the easiest thing to go after, right? And so that's how they're going to try to find their strength, try to quote unquote, get over their fear. But it's not going to because I'm just going to look at them and say, okay, this is how I feel. That's how you feel. That's okay. Have a great day. <laughs> You're so mature. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I know. And that's why I have a, uh, I have a, a, woman that works with me slash for me her name is Bree, and she is she has taken up the role now as being my moderator on my life especially now that I have 5,000 people that show up on it right and I remember the first couple of weeks she was doing my moderation she was going through and I just kept seeing block 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 on the top screen this person got blocked this person got blocked and I called her and I go Bree, I go why um can you give me some coffee oh please Real quick. I love you. Um, I go, thank you. I go, Brie, I go, why, why are you blocking people? And she says, she goes, well, because they're saying mean things. They're telling you what you're saying is wrong. And I go, I was like, Brie, I go in life. I go, there has to be the negative 
um, in order to understand the positive, same as there has to be the positive to understand the negative. I go, if somebody's being absolutely a shitty kitty, you know, go for it. If there's um, speaking hate, if they're, you know, going through and calling me a, a B-I-T-C-H, you know, all this stuff, by all means do it because there's no reason I said, but if it's just for pure conversationalists and just to understand and something I could talk back on, leave them there. I was like, cause people need to be able to see the duality in this. You know, people need to be able to, they don't, I don't want people to think that, um, I am quote unquote too good. Right. To talk right. about, that, right. I never want that to be, that's stupid. So thank you. Sorry. My you can, you can say bitch on this podcast. We're unfiltered. Can I? Oh, okay. Cool. 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 Okay. I'll you say can that. also yeah. say vagina instead of cooter canal, but I thought cooter canal was incredible. I uh, thank you. I also like to call it a, I, I call it a fun sock too. Yes. Yeah. Because I don't have a uterus anymore, so all I have is my fun sock. <laughs> yes, you are my entire vibe. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Okay, so we did oh, our nice. we did our organized religion. We um, we started uh, looking into other cultures and other religions, and now is this around the time when you started strengthening your mediumship gift? Oh my God. I've been doing that <clears throat> for forever. So at five, like I said, saw, you know, angels felt that experience that my best friend died. Um, I'll tell you some really cool stories about that. You know, one of the things with the mediumship thing is that, you know, when, God, there's so many ways to branch off of that. My brain's having a tizzy trying to figure it out. One of the things is that when people meet you, meet me on the street, it's always interesting when I'm a food person, they're like, Oh my God, you're a chef. It's amazing. Hi. But when you're a medium, they're staring at you. Like, is she going to peer into my soul? Right. <laughs> is Uncle Bill her? right behind her? Yeah. Like a message for me. Exactly. And I'm just like, I'm at the grocery store buying frozen peas. Like I'm not in that moment right now, you know? Um, but, but it, it's funny with, with the ability, right. Had these experiences at five, kept growing, kept having them. Um, didn't understand it. So fun twist to this whole thing while I'm here, right? I started reading people hardcore in high school. I was reading my teachers. Um, that's where I more strengthened them. I was reading. Um, I had a lot of friends that died in high school because A, I went to a really big high school and B, I went to a high school that was in a very gun violence area. So a lot of people got shot. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, I grew up reading the parents, you know, of my friends that died and we got some really information, really cool sessions and really cool information out of it. Um, but that's where I started strengthening it. And then as I got older, um, it was happening more. I did it in college. You know, I was still doing it in college. I was doing these mini readings, you know, I wasn't having people, uh, really pay for it. Cause I'm still practicing, right. I'm still understanding what I do mm -hmm. for me. It's still like, Holy shit, this is amazing. I can't believe it. I'm getting the vibe and I'm getting the feelings and you get wrapped up into it. And it's your, your two separate people. You have this one personality and this person while you're regular every day, like the person I'm talking to you right now. And then when you go into channeling, when you go into that meditative state, you, you lose who you are and you allow a spirit to come through and flow through and just give you messages. And then you're like, wow, I'm awake. You know, what happened? It's weird. Um, cause energy isn't subtle or energy okay. is subtle. And then as I got older, um, I was married, I got married at 21. Um, and my first husband was a hard, hardcore Baptist. And he thought, I guess that, you know, that was training for what I do. He thought that what I did was a devil. And he would tell me that every day. He would oh. say, what you're doing, you're going to go to hell. And, like oh, no, he was he also like uh, 
threw me down the stairs in a wheelchair. He was not a nice person. Um, yeah, that was another thing. One of those like dealing, coping with it, finding strength and then realizing who you are. Um, I had to be married to him. I was a military wife at the time. And at the time, nobody knew what my disease was because of what I had. And um, the only doctors that I could go to that were specialists were military. And if I didn't have insurance, they would be millions of dollars. And so me and him had come up with an agreement that in order for me to literally stay alive, we needed to stay married. And he thought because I had this illness and I lost my ability to walk that he could just push and shove me around and that I would be there for forever. Um, but then as I got my strength back, as I didn't die from these surgeries, as I got more and more, I made my plan to leave. Um, and I did. Um, and so now I'm married to somebody absolutely wonderful. And me and him, our relationship has changed and we co-parent quite well. And we've apologized for everything that happened and we're good now. But he was not a good person at that point. I'm not good with him. He's on my shit list. I, I know. People still do that. I don't know. Maybe it's me with my <laughs> forgiveness, right? People are like, how could you forgive him? I'm like, well, part of that is you have to clear your conscience, you know, and we both have. Um, but yeah, he was, he was a shitty kitty. But um, with that, I had the person next to me the entire time. At first, he was like, oh, okay, it's cool, it's cool. And then as my, I guess you say, I started reading people in the military community. I started reading um, generals. I started reading um, his his superiors and stuff like that and their wives. And, of course, he didn't like that. So he was telling me, don't do it. You're going to go to hell, right? So I had that opposition literally living with me. So now when I get it on TikTok, I'm like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah, no wonder like, you I went care. through the hardest thing ever, you know, fuck you. <laughs> but – um. Yeah, exactly. It was it was interesting. So it, it made me have a thicker skin. And so obviously that developed that developed under pressure. I had all these near death experiences. And then, boom, here we are. And and it was, you know, it was a school of hard knocks. And then twist to all this is that five, five or six years ago, um, I got a call from my dad while he was still alive. And he goes, hey, Amy, he goes, we got my grandmother's diary from Russia she lived in St. Petersburg area and she only spoke Russian. She died, you know, in the 1950s, right? So she'd been dead for a long time and we ended up getting it back and they ended up getting it, um, I guess you'd say transposed, right? Because everything, everybody's dead. So nobody knows how to speak this in my family. So we ended up sending it off. We ended up getting it translated and bringing it back. And we ended up finding out that my great grandmother or my, yeah, my great grandmother, that was born in 18, November 7th of 1888 in Russia, um, was, did what I did. Yes. That's and in 88. And I was born on November 7th of 1988. Exactly what I'm saying right now. Yeah. No coincidences. Mm -mm. And so I have this transcript of you know, what she did and she did what I did. And she was also the person involved in, you know, delivering babies and, you know, of course doing all that. But whenever they came over here, you know, they had to stop that. Right. So she stopped doing that when she came over here and then she ended up dying in the fifties. And so I never got to know her, but it's weird that, you know, she was born on the same day that I was born and we do the same thing. And, um, there's no coincidences. Um, and do you yeah, believe so in soul reincarnation? Oh my God. Yeah, totally. Totally. Okay. I mean, well, that is a thing. So this, this is the whole thing you, you are, you, you learn, you know, every quote unquote life you have and, and you can reincarnate. You can also not reincarnate. You don't, you don't have to, you know, I, agree. I mean, some, some people need to, some people have to, they don't learn, especially people that like, you know, murder their wife, you know, they're going to come back in. 
um, because, or maybe people like that, that die in fear or people that commit suicide hardcore and they're just still in this thing of sadness once they get out of it from channeling then they you know they move up and they'll come back in and they have to realize self-love and like all this stuff in actuality um and uh yeah they come back in and so there's a reason for everybody to be here you just have to figure it out but yeah reincarnation is a thing all of that is a thing i've only had you know and people people are quick especially during sessions to jump the gun and they're like i think this person is reincarnation of this or i think i am her you know and i'm like that that is not always the case i'm like probably in the last two years um i have counted six things that i can confirm that are reincarnation and one of the um most interesting ones that i've had um well, there's two super interesting ones. There's one that I had recently. This was a couple of months ago. Um, is these two sisters. Um, they're coming and they want a session. They have a session with me. One sister is about uh, 60, 61. The other sister is about 58. And uh, we're sitting here and they want to go ahead and they want to channel their mother. Their mother comes through. She recently passed. She passed of COVID. She's an absolutely amazing person. And they're asking me, does anybody else want to come through? And so they're trying to see, you know, if somebody else is there. And the mother, the mother in my head, because I hear things, I hear Mm -hmm. things. It's almost like you have a speaker in your head and you're listening to it and it's quick. So you have to catch it. And she goes, "Um, talk about little Mary. And I'm part of what I do is that I still question it. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? You know? And so I look at them. I go, your mother's saying, talk about little Mary. And they stare at each other. And obviously they know what I'm talking about because they're like, holy shit, where did this come from? Right. And so I'm asking in my head, I go, I go to this lady. I'm like, you know, where's little Mary? Where does she go? What the heck is this? And she puts the sisters in a line. And she puts uh, little Mary at the end. So after the youngest one that I'm talking to, because it's the oldest one and the youngest one. And I look at them. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, wait. So they had three sisters, right? And so I look at this la- these ladies. I go, this little Mary is your little sister. And they look at each other like, yeah, yeah, she is. And so then I'm asking this woman in my head, you know, how, how old was she when she passed? How old was she here? And they show her being five or six. And um, I go, she was five or six when they died. And of course, you know, they're blown away. Yeah, she, she, she was five. She was about to be six. I'm like, okay, cool. And so then I ask, you know, why are we talking about her? Why did we bring her up? Because I don't feel little Mary here. And because of the fact that the mother is saying, talk about her and her soul isn't here, I know something's up. And I tell them, I go, well, she's not here. I go, but your mother keeps talking about her. And so I, I asked the lady, I go, you know, what the fuck is up with this, dude? Like, where is this coming from? And the lady in my head, she goes, she says, um, it's Catherine's daughter. So Catherine would be the younger sister. And I go, I go, I think little Mary is your daughter. And then the mother, now all this happens within two seconds, right? So for me, it seems like really long, but it's not. And she ties herself that little Mary, that Mary is named after her daughter. And I go, your daughter is named Mary. And they of course look at it. They're like, we named my youngest daughter, Mary. And then she goes and she shows me one other thing. She talks about how I I asked how Mary died. And she talks about how she had this heart defect because she keeps doing this and she puts a hole in her heart. And then she attaches that and ties that to her younger daughter. I go, Mary died of something about like a heart defect or something like that. And I said, and your daughter has heart issues, doesn't she? I, the lady fell off the chair. 
The lady fell off. She fell off the chair. I have that session on my YouTube. The lady like like felt they she grabs her. The other sister pushes her back up and she goes, Mary died. She had a hole in her heart. She had a mitral valve prolapse and people didn't know what that was at that time. And she ended up um, her blood pressure bottomed out. She ended up passing away because, you know, there wasn't that we didn't know. She ended up dying at six because of that. And my daughter came in and she has a mitral valve prolapse and she had a hole in her heart and they were able to fix it. Oh, my gosh. And so, uh-huh. I have and I, so, I've gone so cold right now. I have goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the little sister died in the '60s, right? The little sister died in the '60s, and um, then came back as her daughter to be around them in the same soul group. Was named after her again, and the issue that she had that she died from was now fixed. And so everything resolved itself, and now she's back to live her life with the same people. Oh, my gosh. I love this story. She got to be with her family. Uh-huh. She got to be with her family. Yeah. And that was another – another God, I have I have a couple of crazy ones. That was – because the, the two ladies are just staring at her and staring at me, and then I'm in disbelief, too, because I'm just getting this out of air, right? <laughs> Right. Well, and it makes me wonder, like, I wonder if people, you know, like little Mary who come back, I wonder if they have um, memories or senses or whatnot from their previous lifetime. Um, You don't think so? No, they do. Yeah. Well, that's at first. So this is the whole thing. You have to remember that you remember where you come from and you remember where you're going to at the very beginning of your life and at the end. Why? Because that's when you're the closest to it. Got it. I don't remember um, tasting and let's just say this. If I went to Cinnabon and I bought a cinnamon roll and I ate it and I would say, holy shit, the next day, wow, that's a great Cinnabon, right? Wow, that was amazing. But a year later, I wouldn't remember it, right? Or I'd be like, yeah, I think I remember what it tasted like. But then as we're getting ready to go back to the store to go get another one, oh my God, I'm salivating. I'm really excited to get there. Oh my God, I remember what the last one tasted like. But in between that year or two period, because that's how often I get Cinnabon, um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care about it. I wouldn't remember it. It's, it's the same thing. We get further away. We get used to something else. We get involved and put our focus into other things and we forget what it is. And so in between that time, when somebody comes up to you and says, oh, this is what, you know, where you go after you die, because that's literally what you are. People say, no, 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 that didn't happen. Well, no, the Cinnabon is still there. It's just, you're not eating it. So you don't remember how fucking good it tasted. So I haven't had cinnamon bun in a really long time. I can sniff it, but I'm on a detox. (laughs) Oh, why? That's a terrible thing. So I have, um, I have, uh, IIH, which is a, I have a brain disease. And, um, so I connected with you on that. I just wasn't going to steal your moment. You're fine. And, um, so I get like really intense swelling and, um, And so I create, I either create too much spinal fluid or it doesn't absorb quick enough. And so it causes hydrocephalus all the time. Yeah. And like your nasal passages, like, and it's awful. And so the only way that they've, um, because I don't want to go through the surgery and get like a stem or anything. Why are you not getting a shunt? It goes into your stomach. They haven't, they haven't option. They, um, they've been doing spinal and um yeah so so for me sit on my optic so it's taken peripheral vision and 
they can't drive at night. Um, so I've found, I work for a nutritionist now and a chiropractor, and I've found that changing my diet, I got off of birth control, okay. um, anything processed. I'm on a really strict like um, food plan, and my oh. pain is a whole lot less. Um, I get less infections because you know when the fluid sits in your uh-huh. canals and sinuses, you get infections, and that's uh-huh. awful. And it's a cycle, so it's been working oh, yeah. for me. So cinnamon buns, I cannot, but I can you know live comfortably. So whatever. I no, I I completely I'm coming from being chronically ill as well from one thing to another. Cheers, I understand. Yeah, it's I. What was it? I had a pizza the other day for the first time, and I woke up in the morning and my joints hurt so bad, and I was oh like, uh, "So no, I'm right there." And the spinal thing is not. You should they I. If you want a neurosurgeon or something like that that's really good, come down to Houston. You can come see my person. I had a shunt for a little bit. Absolutely amazing. Oh, my Changed gosh. I would love that. Life. Yeah. His name is Dr. Shepard. He works at Mishner Neuroscience in um, uh, Memorial Hermann. They're the number one um, neuro people in the world right now. They're the ones that saved my life from my um, hydrocephalus I had from that infection in my brain. They're the ones that brought me back. Oh, so highly recommended. Highly recommended. <laughs> highly recommended. Yeah. No, if you need me, let me know. I can get you. That's actually one of the things that I do with people that have my illness or people that are sick and they're getting jerked around by doctors. Um, I, I help them get the care that they need. I love it. Um, there's one neurosurgeon here who um, I was seeing and I, I can't find any other specialists here. And um, he won't see us anymore. Um, because the the medication that they gave was an anti-seizure medication and it caused me to be a, a psychotic person. And uh-huh. he's like, well, if you don't want to take the medication that I prescribed, then I won't see you at my office. What is it? What are Topamax. Oh my God, that is terrible. So Holy Topamax, God. I was literally hospitalized. I couldn't remember an entire day. I had No. Oh my gosh. I'm right there with you. I took that. I took Topamax. I took, I will forever remember those two weeks. I, that was right before I had my Chiari malformation brain surgery because my, you know, the, the brain is him going down into your spinal canal, right? So I was in a wheelchair. I couldn't walk because obviously it pressed off that nerve. And in between there, they go, oh, we, we want to see if we can get rid of it this way. Like literally they have to remove part of your skull to push it back up. Like, Drugs ain't going to do shit. And so they put me on Topamax. I wanted to run out the window and die. Like, I was insane. Yeah. And literally, there, and I didn't realize until I was off of it, I had had this inner monologue all the time. So first of all, I also, um, I, I wouldn't say as advanced as you, but have always had um, mediumship skills, ability to talk with spirit, whatever. So I'm used yeah. to always having voices, yeah. but Topamax makes you think that the voices are actual voices and it's you talking to yourself. Correct. And, um, so it took a little while of being off of that, but being on it is what gave me my, you know, death experience or whatnot that made me, um, come back with like, this is my purpose. And I started the podcast a couple months later and um, started opening up readings and speaking of my truth. So there's definitely a reason that it happened, but um, it's, 
I've never in my life every day been like, don't kill yourself today. Like I was on that drug. Uh huh. Yeah. Don't exactly. Don't kill yourself today. Yeah. I, oh my God. No, don't, don't take that. I don't care. <laughs> you know, that's the whole thing. They, they, they even tell you beforehand, they go, this may make you want to destroy your life, but it's fine. And you're just like, what? Okay, I just sent you the link to my doctors I saw. Anyway, thank, thank you. You're welcome. And we'll go further. If you need me, please let me know. I will be your advocate and stand up and, and yell at people. And I, yeah, in a nice way. I yell at them in a nice way. My husband always says that women don't yell um, loud. We yell with our soft words. So um, it's true. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, all of that being very close to death, especially with what you do, is... Yeah, it, it makes you appreciate life and it makes you appreciate the simplicity and it allows you to connect. And that's one of the things with, you know, being being a medium or being in this field is that, you know, the normal, quote unquote, normal populace or the people that haven't peered in or learned or understood or anything like that, they want um, show. They want something to be in their face. They want it to be loud. They want it to be like that loud TikTok video. And energy is not. It is not there for show. It is not there to be pompous. It is not there um, to prove. It just is. And when you start this, you know, people are always like, I can't feel this person around me or, you know, nobody can do that. It's like, if you just shut your mouth, and feel. We, we've been so unprogrammed to feel, right? What are your feelings? Put those down, right? Yeah. Oh, I feel like this is a gut feeling. Well, that's not right. No, that's your higher self telling you don't go do that shit, right? And then when you don't listen to it, shit ends up getting fucked up and then people whine about it. It's like, well, you should have listened to your gut. Um, it, it's when they don't feel and they just want everything now, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And so part of this is quieting your mind, understanding. And, you know, I give courses, obviously, on how to develop your mediumship ability, because what I found out there was that nobody does that. No, it's true. <laughs> there, there's no, I mean, people will talk about developing your spiritualness, right? They'll talk about developing that, but they're not telling you how you read or how you connect. I think they're kind of like trying to bull guard that, right? They're trying to bull guard that secret. That secret. Oh God, secret. See, now that I secret. Like, now is ideas. what brings us here together <laughs> today. <laughs> together. Yes, they're trying to bull guard that secret. Um, and it's almost like they don't want to let anybody know. And I'm out here to tell the world, like, every anybody can do this. Now, of course, like I say on live too, that you know, there are people that can ride a skateboard and then there's Tony Hawk. Who right? can ride there's, a fucking skateboard. Exactly. There's different varying degrees. There's different levels of it. Depends, you know, how much work, how much effort, how much natural talent you have, right? That all goes into it. But everybody can get get here at one point. And um, do you do the law of attraction? Have you ever heard that? Have you read about I've that? heard of the law of attraction. That's bringing in exactly what you're putting out, correct? Um, correct. Correct. So I just have a fun, interesting thing of that. So this was, <clears throat> remember I told you I had that session on Montel with Sylvia Brown a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And okay. So fast forward, it's 
uh, the year that everything starts going crazy on TikTok for me. Like it just blows up, right? And it's it's starting to grow, it's starting to grow. And I didn't know that Sylvia Brown had died yet. I had no idea. And so I'm in my little apartment. I fall asleep that night. I see my follower count going up. I just let people know openly, not just through my own client base, that this is what I did. And I had a dream about her. And this is a really, I don't dream a crazy amount, but when I do, they're trippy. And I had this dream. It was a normal visiting dream where you walk out onto this grassy field and it's very open and light and airy. But then there's all these tables set up for like a wedding and they have these white tents over them, these white tables. And there's this gentleman in this black suit for some reason and he's ushering me around and he ushered me to this table. And there's this woman sitting at this big table for like 12 people and she's just sitting on one side of it. And I look at her and it's her. And she's in this black outfit with her blonde hair. And she looks to be probably about 40 in my head. And I was like, oh, my God, it's you. I mean, and this is lucid dreaming at this point. I'm like, I'm here. She's like, yeah, we got to talk. And I'm like, okay. You know, so I sit down, of course, we have a conversation. She's like, this is about to get huge. And I'm like, I, I don't know what you mean. And she's like, I'll be here to help you, da, 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 you know, all this stuff. And of course, in the dream, I'm like, yeah, you know, this makes sense, right? And then at the end, this is the trippy part. I go, well, how am I going to do this? How How is this going to happen? And she's like, well, you know, I'm going to help you. You have other people here to help you. you have these people, apparently everybody else that was there, part of this party or this wedding party were also for me, apparently, because everybody smiles creepily. And I'm like, okay. And That's then it's weird. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. This is a weird part. So she goes, she looks at me and she goes, you're going to, you're going to wake up. And I was like, but I am awake. And she's like, no, you're going to wake up. And she said, stare into my eyes. So I did. And then it was the weirdest thing. It was almost like I've never been on acid. I imagine this would be something like that. But I look into her eyes. And when I look into her eyes, it's like I fly into her pupils. And then I wake up, like into this blackness. And then I wake up. And I was like, I remember being like, whoa, right? And then things started going crazy the next few days, right? And so everything started blowing up. So now I'm here. So I look at that and I'm like, all right, cool. There's another thing of people telling me this is going to happen. And it does, right? So now fast forward, haven't had one dream about this woman haven't thought about her, haven't done anything like that. And this was not uh, this. This was like last Wednesday. Um, I'm waking up. My husband gets up to go make the coffee and I'm still laying in bed being lazy for a second at six o'clock in the morning. And I'm in between that sleep and wake state. And I hear her voice in my head and it says, you need to get in contact with my son. You need to talk to him. You need to help him find his light. And I'm sitting here thinking, I need to get in contact with your super famous son that's not going to talk to me at all. Right. How is that going to happen? Right. What what does that mean? And so I um I deny I deny it. I go, no, 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 no. No. And so I get up, I get my coffee. I'm sitting down at my computer next to my husband and he goes, Hey, Amy, he goes, we need to look at a new uh, website. We want to develop a new website. I was like, yeah, you're right. He was like, go on and see if you can look at, you know, other mediums, websites and see if you like them and see if you can get in contact with them to ask or get in contact with their person to see who, who did it. Cause we've been having a really hard time finding somebody that is actually creative on websites, not just somebody that's sitting in a desk overseas saying, I'll put in code for you, you know? Right. Uh, and so I go on and I look at Tyler, um, the medium, whatever it is, the E person. And yeah. 
yeah, it's fine, but it's just a normal square space, kind of like crappy website, single page. And it's fine. I mean, it looks good, but to like somebody that does this, you're like, I want more. And so then I go on and, and I look up mediums. And the first thing that, that pops up is Chris, I forget the last name, and it's Sylvia Brown's son. And I click on it and I, I look at it and his website looks amazing. And up at the very top, it says, call us or contact us, right? Contact us for a session, reading, group reading, whatever it is. And so um, I hear her voice in my head, call this number. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to call it. And so there's an email thing and it says, you know, contact us. So I fill out the form and I go, Chris, I go, I think, cause obviously he has publicists and you know, everybody else that goes behind it. And I said, I go, I want to figure out who does your website. Cause I love it. I go, but I had a dream about your mother and she keeps telling me to contact you this morning and that you need to find your light. And I go, I'm too chicken shit to call you. So I'm emailing you. I said, if you want to call me back or you want to email me, here's my number. This is what I do. This is my followers on here, here, here. You know, I'd love to work with you. Brainstorm, do a content, just pick your brain. Boom, sent it off. Me and my husband are going to the bank three hours later and I get a phone call and I didn't know the number. So I let it go to voicemail and it says, hey, this is Chris, Sylvia Brown's son. Holy shit balls. I love this. Just calling you, seeing, I know, wait, are you ready for this? Hold on, let me read the voicemail, because you know how your voicemail gets transcribed? Mm -hmm. Um, Hang on. Oh, you can, let's see if you can, hold on, just hear it from here. Hold on. Okay, so there you go. Did you hear that? I did. Okay, so that so that way people actually know, right, that this thing happened. Anyways, so he puts his number and everything like that, and he he I called him back, and he goes, "That's the weirdest thing." He goes, "When my mother died, she always told me that if she came back to me, she would come back through a random person, and she would do it at the time of my greatest need." Oh my and God! He- shut up. Uh huh. I love it. Okay, are you ready? And he's saying that he's like losing his faith, right? And I was just like, oh my god, he was like, you're exactly what I needed at this point. And so we ended up having a conversation for like an hour and a half, and we're planning on doing content together. And I'm gonna fly out to California to talk to him. Like, <laughs> that's amazing. Isn't that cool? Yes. Isn't that cool? Oh so. Gosh. Yeah, so it, it and and that's what I do a lot of times, especially in this mediumship thing. Is you'll see me on my recordings, or you'll see me as like I'll get messages and I'll be like, "Nah, that can't happen. Like that's not a thing." And then it is. And so part of my thing is like, you know, I'm still skeptical of everything I get too, right? I, I still denounce yeah. it too sometimes. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. No, no problem. I was doing a reading. Um, for somebody a couple weeks ago and it, I was doing it for her and her husband uh-huh. and I was like okay you guys this doesn't make any sense to me and I'm like why do I I keep smelling biscuits and I like laughed and I was like nobody's here like I don't know what is going on I keep smelling biscuits and they were both like oh my god and then she's like um my and her grandmother had come through at this point but she hadn't mentioned biscuits and she's like my grandmother used to make biscuits at family at, at like family breakfast all the time and we're having my sister over tomorrow and we were just talking about how we are going to make grandma's biscuits because Aww. we all miss them and it makes us feel closer and yep i was like oh my god and that's something that like I I had been smelling it since we started, but I was like, okay, that's very odd. And then it wouldn't go away. And I'm like, seriously, what the fuck, people? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 Exactly. That's that's exactly what it what happens. I I, I think with all of this, you know, people ask, you know, how does it feel? How does it do that? You know, how, how do you know? And, and I don't know, I think part of, part of this and part of doing it well is being in awe of it. So having a childlike look at it, appreciation, and that's not coming from a childlike area of not knowing that's coming from being in wonder of it. And I think if you stay in that alignment of having the appreciation, being in wonder, being in awe, then it just keeps flowing because that's love. That's what it is. Um, I also find, too, and I'm just asking based on your own experiences, because obviously we don't talk to each other a whole lot. And you don't really find a whole lot of people that actually do it or other mediums, right? It's, right. It makes me sick when I go online on TikTok and I scroll through and they have these lives that are just like, Karen, this card is for you. It's a heart of butterflies. Have a good day. You know, pay me $10. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? No, I, um, I do readings, but I always, I, so my following obviously isn't as big as yours, so I can catch people's comments. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I'll do, um, I'll do paid tarot readings on there, but I go, I have the opposite thing where I feel like I take too long on people's reads. And mm. then I end up being like, guys, like have patience. I, I can get to you too. But like, I, I want to spend the time with each individual person and give them, you know, everything that I can for this second. Like, you know? Yeah, I know. Well, just remember too that, I don't know, it's you, you have to have patience you're only one person. You are also chronically ill. So make sure you don't overstep it. Um, and, uh, you know, you can't, I don't know, you know, I, I would say that, but I don't know. I think I would do this until I'm dying in a hospital bed. I think if my nurse came in and I'm actively dying, I'd be like, they're around you. Like, let me help you. And they'd be like, sleep. I'd be like, no, my soul needs to do this for you. Like I, it, it's, it would be something like that. I, I just love what I do. I love what you do. I like your soul. Do you, I want to look, have you ever looked at your chart before? My birth chart? Yeah. No, but I, I am a Gemini sun. I'm a Sagittarius moon and I'm a Scorpio rising. That's why. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. Are you ready for this? Okay. So I'm a Scorpio sun. Okay. And then I'm a Libra moon. So that air sign with your Gemini. And then I am a Sagittarius rising. Oh my gosh. Get out of here. Yeah. So you and I have the same sign, <laughs> but they're an opposite placement. So, oh my gosh. I love this. Isn't that interesting? Wait, do you know what your Venus and your Mars are? Oh, no, I do not. I, I really want to have somebody on the show who like breaks down my whole chart with me. Oh, I do that all the time. Well, we should do a whole episode about it. Yeah, I uh, well, so this is the way and this is the way that I do that. So I I don't look at astrology as um, I don't do it from the side of like, this is your 15th degree. Like (laughs) my ADHD brain doesn't have time for that shit. The thing that the only thing that I ever look at, and that's for me personally, because I'm a medium, I'm not an astrologist. But what I do is I pull up your chart. And when I look at your chart, I look at like the 40 signs that create what you are, right? And the way that I break it down is, you know, some people 
look into astrology, especially with, if they first get introduced to it and they see it as like a woo-woo thing, right? Because they're like, I'm not, you know, a ram. I'm not a fish. Well, I know. this is how I break it down. So what it is, is that you have this chart. And when you were born and you pop out of either your mother's cooter or you get ripped out like I did, right? I was forced to be born, which is amazing. Um, what what happens is that there are these large, sorry, they have these large celestial, that's the Scorpio coming through. Um, they, they have these large celestial bodies, right? Like the moon that pull the tides in and out of the earth, right? So there's a tune, there's a frequency. Everything is tune, everything is frequency. And then you have these large, larger celestial bodies like Jupiter, and Saturn, and Uranus, and they have this bigger pull. They have this bigger frequency. And you can go on NASA's website and you can look it up and you can listen to it and you can feel the pulse, right? Everything is vibration, including you. And so when you pop out, that those vibrations have an effect on the way you view and work the world. They work this physical reality. So how you are tuned, it doesn't mean that that is what your soul is. It means that is at the rate that you vibrate at. And that is the rate that you perceive this physical reality. And so whenever you go and you have somebody else in your life, let's say a relationship or a child or even a dog or a family, they also have their own set of vibrations, right? That have them view the world a certain way. And so when you put those two people together in the same room, um, you know, the best way for me to describe it is that you are a beautiful composition of classical sheet music. You have all these notes on you. They're all tuned differently and you don't play them all the same. And then you bring somebody else in that is also a beautiful piece of classical sheet music on their own. And then some people try to remix them together, right? They put them together. And sometimes they sound amazing, which means like I'm vibing with that person or I'm in tune with that person. And then sometimes they don't really but if we just correct like a half step on one of the notes it's okay and then sometimes if you put them together they just don't go together at all baby it's gonna sound terrible you gotta let that go and so that's what I look at is how are you in tune with the universe and how are you in tune with somebody else and and a lot of times you'll see couples I've, I've noticed that that when you have a long-term couple, the Mars of the female will be the sign, the main sun sign of the male. So like my Mars. So oh my, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. So like my Mars, so which is my drive, my, um, well, I guess you did sex, the way I view uh, how I deal with issues and problems and um, fighting style. That's an Aries, right? So it's like, let's get at it. Let's go at it. That's why I get on live and I'm like, Wait, your Mars is Aries? Yeah. Uh-huh. I think my Mars is Aries and my husband is an Aries. So Yeah. So my husband is an Aries. Oh my God. Are we the same person? We may be. We may be. Re- that may be why we got together. Oh my gosh, this is so fucking cool. Well, I mean, at the same time, we are. We're two parts of one whole, and we meet each other, we mirror each other, we learn from each other, and then we move on. Absolutely. I know. And and then another thing is like how your Venus is, right? That usually goes with a lot of times when people are not in good relationships, um, it's because the like the female, their Venus will be in cancer, right? But then the male, there or the opposite, their ascendant will be in cancer. So their ascendant is their ego. Usually that's gone, right? That's the outer personality. Mm-hmm. And so when a female gets with a male, she's like, oh my God, he loves me the right way because that's just how he's being. That's his mask. And then as they move forward and the ego drops, they go, well, why aren't we together? Why are we, this is not working out. I don't know. It's because he's not loving you right, baby. And it's not the fact that he's going to change. So now the female wants him to change just because that's 
that's how, how he is. So you just need to move the fuck on. Oh, I hate the, they'll change for the right woman. No, yeah. they'll just get along with the right person. Correct. Absolutely. And so that's what, that's what I tell them all the time. My favorite thing is like when I am doing a mediumship with um, somebody and spirit brings up about how one of them had an affair on the other one, but then they don't realize that that happened yet. Right. And then we tell them and then they call me and they confirm it later on. That's always fun. Um, but oh, then shit. I go through and I look at their chart and it's like they have an Aries and moon and then they have a Leo in their Venus. So that means I want sex and emotional gratification now. And I also want to know that I'm the best and number one. And if the woman is not doing that for them, they're always going to be looking other places until they figure it out. Yeah. You can spot a cheater in their chart. <laughs> you can spot a cheater. <laughs> you can. Another thing is like if somebody has a lot of like Libra and if it's a woman um, in their like Venus and in their um, uh, in their moon, usually that means that they can be a cheater for a long time until they um, figure it out or they have like multiple, multiple partners. I happen to be a Venus, um, in Libra and in my moon as well. And so that meant that I dated 26 people at one time. Hey, you got to fucking taste all the flavors before you pick what kind of cake you want. Uh, uh, that was called post-divorce. Yes, that was called <laughs> post-divorce. They didn't know about each other, but it was fine. You weren't seriously dating at that point, but, but that is a thing. And another thing is that I found with, you know, relationships and, and dating is that you need to go out there and you need to, I guess there's two of that. One, you need to go out there and you need to sample the revenue, right? Because you don't realize who you are until you see what you don't like in somebody else. Like yeah. that's a whole other thing. But then the other thing is that I look at sex differently now, you know, a long time ago, I would say sex is sex, right? And before that it was don't have sex before marriage, you know, but now I look at it as when you do that, especially on an energetic value, you literally are, I mean, not only physically sometimes, but you are leaving your energy with that other person and they're taking it on and they're becoming it. Yep. And so if you leave too much of yourself, you lose yourself. And so one of the reasons I guess you would say is, you know, don't have sex before marriage or a commitment is the fact that especially when you're young, you don't even know who you are yet. And if you do that, then you lose part of yourself, too. And so now you're in a very confusing spot of not knowing who you are and then losing yourself at the same time. That's kind of depressing. That is depressing. I don't – the wait till marriage thing for me is like, what if it's really bad? And then you what waited that whole time and you didn't – yeah, what if it's really small? What if it doesn't work right? What if, like, whatever? But also, like, I just think that that's, like, such a – a different yeah. connection for people to not experience first. And there are like energy succubuses who feed off of, you know, sexual attachment or whatever. And mm -hmm. um, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I'm right there with you. I, I, that's why I'm like, if you do it, be really careful. I, I guess you'd say it's more like if you feel like you're losing yourself, this is why. You yeah. know, just to have the knowledge out there, not that you don't have to, but yeah, it's interesting. I, I would, I don't know. My brain gets fried when I sit here and I think about some of this stuff. It's, it's crazy. Okay. Real quick for you too. What is, um, what was one of your most, I don't know. I'll tell you mine. You tell me yours. What was one of your most amazing parts with like or most it doesn't even have to be with a mediumship thing like experiencing spirit or experiencing that that made you go what the fuck was that 
Okay. So, um, so I've talked about this on, on one of my episodes before, but, um, my aunt and uncle, my, they are very, they're very hardcore Christian. Mm -hmm. And they're also the people who have been always just the most accepting of who I am regardless in life. And, um, when I was younger, I just had a lot of like unhealed abuses and things that I had kept quiet and things that I'd never told anybody about just to, Mm -hmm. you know, protect the grownups in my life. And, um, I, I went to my aunt Tony's house and she asked me if she could do this, um, like this healing ceremony on me. And I was like, okay. And so is aunt Tony dead now? No, she's not. What's going on with aunt Tony? Um, she lives in, she lives with her husband in California and I never, I never really know what's going on with her. I know that her dad wasn't doing well for a little while. Um, but we've kind of lost connection a little bit. And I think that she's, she went through some fertility things and I think that she's just been figuring out her own life. Yeah. Um, but she ended up doing the ceremony where she called down angels to be on each side of the room. And, um, I ended up almost like a hypnosis therapy thing, like almost like she's going to walk you through a regression. And I ended up um, seeing like a man in a robe in water and having this whole conversation. And um, I, I remember the man in the water and I remember him pointing out like, um, you know, you've always felt unwanted and like you weren't um, like you aren't enough for people. And it stems from this and it stems from that. And, you know, you feel, um, like men are only interested in you because of this. And it's yeah. because of this experience, you know, when you were four and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming out of it and she was just crying and she's like, I had no idea that you'd experience those things. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, mm-hmm. because like, I, I know I've been through it, so I don't think it's, but yeah. So that, and, and after that, that was the craziest, like I felt like my soul had been seen. Um, that was yeah. where I was really able to start seeing the things that I needed to heal and the things that I needed to face that I just, you experience what you experience, right? It makes you who you are. And that's just kind mm-hmm. of what we're told, but, um, it really does every little, every little piece of everything that happens in your life sticks to your soul and makes you react in a different way in a certain way and I understood my purpose more after that um I think that's when oh he also um had mentioned um I had been seeing um like shadows in my room and Mm -hmm. you know and and just things that weren't ever discussed and so I thought that I was schizophrenic and so the man (laughs) in the water had brought those things up and was the man in the water the man well because I never know who it like I don't know who it was Mm -hmm. um they didn't give me a name I just all of a sudden was at this you know shiny lake and there was a man in the water like I don't know we should totally do a session for each other like on a podcast in the evening when we're zoned out oh that would be so dope we should totally do that. I agree. I like that. Yeah. Okay. I'm down with it. Not in the morning whenever my brain is fried, but in the evening. Like the I know. I'm over here like, I need to go to work soon. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. We should. We should. We. we yeah. We should totally do that. Yeah. You just let. So that. That was. That's kind of what opened you up and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that. And then I would say that that Topa Max experience really. Yeah. Um, one more. I had uh, my. My stepsister and I were never very close. Actually, we really don't like each other. And um, her boyfriend had committed suicide. And 
I had met him like two times, um, but I was sleeping and I heard my name being shouted. And so I woke up and it was terrible. Like the way that my name was being screamed was terrifying. And it happened like two or three times where I fell asleep and that happened. And I woke up and was like, you need to grab your phone. And I look at my phone and the exact time that that first scream had happened, Uh I had gotten a text from my stepmom saying that he had shot himself in the garage and so that one's that one gives me goosebumps up my spine every single time because that is I remember just being terrified because I didn't understand and I think it was him like ripping his soul from this realm you know oh yeah totally well it's ripping the soul from the realm and then it's also they get I mean they get stuck yeah they get one one of the things got I know you have to go to work soon. What time do you have to be there? Nine? I'm supposed to be there. Um yeah, nine your time. Okay. Yeah. If if so we'll let you go in just the sorry, you tell me when it's over. You tell me when it's over. <laughs> let's yeah, um, let's go for a little while longer. Okay. Yeah, no, we there with suicides. Uh I don't know. So you know, obviously I don't really have a whole lot of people to discuss this with, right? And so I find that when I channel number one, people don't realize that a you have to get into a zoned out space right to do it properly you have to move who you are and your beliefs and your anxieties and all that stuff away so that way it allows that to come through right so that's one of the things so it's not just like you know dance monkey dance it's work and the next thing is is that you know when you get into that space I have found the most logic way to understand it is kind of like I would be the tuner on a radio so you if you're on the radio station 104.1 you're not going to be able to hear the radio station 96.5 and so and there's lower vibration and there's higher vibration so as you're feeling around as you're tuning you tune up which is higher right so people quote unquote in heaven or in love and then you tune down which is lower frequency so that would be people that are in this middle area or lower or lower which we've been there a few times which is not a nice area and so I find that whenever I tune to that middle area and if you get somebody there I know automatically number one that either they committed suicide depending on how they're talking to me or they died of a drug overdose that's going to be or they got murdered but if they get murdered they'll usually yell that they were murdered and so they're kind of in this limbo area waiting for justice right they're like come on you know let's figure this out I need them to go to jail you know that's that type of thing it's not at peace yet and so I find and then lower than that um, you start to get into like the sticky black mucky cold area um, which would be like where child molesters are that I've read before you know Mm. stuff like that and murderers and so and then if you go higher right you have this middle area which people come down and talk to or you have any higher than that so that'd be like angelic or like heaven area and that feels very light almost like cloud like very very bright and it's all just about love and it's ethereal and so I find that when um, I start to channel and I can feel somebody in that middle area I know that they died one of those two ways. And then you go into it. And if they died of a suicide, if they're new to dying, like if I know that they're less than a year, because I asked them, if they're less than a year old from dying of a suicide, they will normally be in their own sadness. 
they'll be in their own worry. They'll be in like, you know, I didn't think this was going to work out. And oh my God, it was because of this girl or, oh Mm -hmm. my God, I lost my job. I remember this one time I was, let me just tell you a really scary story for a second. This is probably one of the most um, terrifying people I read and I'm not even fear-based. It was, I wouldn't even say terrifying. He was just nasty there was um this girl she i told this i think one time on live there was this girl she wanted me to channel this man she gave me his first name his name was tim i'll never forget it i start channeling him and you can feel from her love and anxiety and so i'm thinking all right this guy's in heaven right so i start channeling up here like higher up and nothing and i go down nothing i go down nothing i go down more nothing and i'm like and i tell her i go I'm down in a not so nice area and he's here and she just she's just staring at me right and so I'm like all right let's go further and so I I talk to him I ask him and and he the first thing I know when somebody did a bad thing when I channel them down there is they go I didn't do anything wrong denial and so I I creep uh already a creep and so I go he's saying he didn't do anything wrong and she was like well you know, I see it as that a way too. you know, she says it like that. And so I'm like, all right, something is fishy. You can feel the vibe is fishy already. And so I'm going through and I'm asking him what happened. I said, can you show me? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, you know, I hear his voice in my head. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll show you come out here with me, come out here with me. And so he takes me in my head to what would seem like um, a backyard like this with the grass is kind of like overgrown a little bit and it goes on forever. There's no fence, but it's the back of this one story house and we're walking towards a shed. And I go, he has me in this backyard and we're walking towards a shed and he's making me hear kids laughter. And then all of a sudden I see two little boys with me and in front of him. And it's almost like, I always like to say that sometimes they'll try to replay a memory or replay what happened. And I'm standing there like a third person watching it. I go, I go, there's two little boys and I think we're walking towards the shed and she's just like nodding her head. Right. And I go in there with them and I, I ask him, you know, what is this? What is this? And he doesn't show me, but he says, he goes, I put two in them and one in me. (gasps) And I go, and he shows me this like rifle. And I go, he says he put two in them and he put one in him and he shows me a rifle. And she goes, yeah, he, he killed both of his sons and then committed suicide. Not that bad. She said not that bad. Okay, wait, are you ready for this? Plot twist. So I'm asking, so in my head now, I'm with this sick guy that's not feeling like it's that bad. And this woman has this feeling of like, oh my God, I love him. Like that. And I'm sitting here like, this guy's fucking evil. And so I ask him, I go, I go, she loves you. And he goes, he goes, heh. This is my whore. I used her like that. And I go and I look at him. I go, I go, he says that you're just his whore and he used you. And she was like, well, he used to say that in an endearing way. Anyways, he was having an affair on his wife with this woman. She found out the wife did. She told him she was taking the kids and he took the kids in the backyard, shot him and killed himself. And so this was his, the person that he had an affair on. And she was giving him money for his alcohol and drug addiction that the wife wasn't doing it. So he was using her. 
And this woman was still in love with him. I can so perfectly see and feel everything as you talk about it. It's so great. Aren't you? Aren't you? And the way he he was ruddy, his shirt was nasty and dirty. His jeans had like, you know, that I haven't been washed in five days and I work outside in a garage type of feel to him. Mm-hmm. He was stiff and dirty. Yeah, he was about 15 years older than her. He and she. Yes. And 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 it was. Yeah. And she's like, do you think he's going to come back for me? And I'm like, he's no bitch. Yeah. I'm like, he's in hell. Like, this is the perfect. One of the things that the people always say, like, oh, hell is fire and brimstone. No, hell is dealing with your own emotions and feelings for eternity. And then hell is also, especially when it's people like that, they get to relive that all the time. And until they realize that they did something incorrect or that they hurt another soul, they stay replaying that for forever. And I think that's much worse than burning in hell. Oh, my God. That's so gross. Mm hmm. Gives me the yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, it gives me the creeps every time I think about it. It gives me like, oh my god, it's so much. That was I remember just staring at her when I got off the call. I was just like, wow, wow. And what was I gotta? There was a. I mean, people always like to hear you know, the, the crazy stories, the, those, I, you know, some of my favorite sessions are just like the very calm ones when mom comes in and it's wonderful and loving, you know, my favorite people to read. And I don't know if it's you too. My favorite people to read are men. Yeah. I, Cause they're so skeptical and they come in and then every minds are blown at every little piece of information. Yeah. Yeah. I always say that exactly. I always say that men come in and they have this massive 10 foot wall but as soon as you scale it and hop over it, it's gone. Women have 25 feet walls. I read a pastor recently mm-hmm. and um, I read a pastor recently and I, and I told him this was actually the husband wife read with the biscuits. Mm-hmm. And I told him like, I feel like, you know, you're like, I just feel like your energy is like a little bit standoffish. And I was like, which is totally fine. I'm just recognizing it. And he's like, no, like, I'm really excited about this. And I was like, okay, you telling yourself that. And yeah. I could just feel as we started talking and, and cards started pulling and stuff, I could just feel the wall going down and his uncle ended up coming through and like making mm-hmm. jokes that were like jokes between them that, you know, whatever. And he ended up writing me a review afterwards and was mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? And yeah, it was mm-hmm. so cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love reading men. They're, they're great because they also have the most pent up emotion behind it. And when they get that healing, it just oozes out yeah. and it's amazing women take we're we're very logical we take a little bit longer and then we go holy shit that's great i love it with women because i'll get reviews like two weeks later men are like right there you exactly know, yeah it's it's fun i i know i love reading both they're they're wonderful but there's just something i remember there was this one session with this man and you know he's afraid to show his face on camera right so he sh- he has like the phone um on his nose and up so i can only see his nose to his eyeballs like to the top of his head and he doesn't want to show his face for some reason so i start reading him and um this is one of the craziest things i've i've gotten before besides the guy shooting his kids right and telling him that but um this gentleman 
his grandmother and grandfather from his mother's side come through. Um, they both talk about how they died together. They died in a car wreck together, you know, and so he's crying from that. And then we go even further and I asked the grandfather, like, what did he do? What was his job? Because that's part of my thing. I want you to know that it's them, right? So I asked them, how did they die? You know, who was in the room? Was there anybody in the room? You know, what was their job? You know, what were their things in life? And so that way people can say, yeah, that is them, right? And, um, and so I asked the grandfather, I go, you know, what did you do for your job? And he shows me like the minister thing where they have like a little white necktie, you know, in the black outfit. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm thinking, I'm like, his grandfather's a minister. And so the, the, I'm, I'm contemplating that for a second. And all I get in my head is a word and it says Presbyterian. And I'm like, that's random. And I was like, your grandfather was a Presbyterian minister. He, he, I took him three minutes to get himself composed. He was like, he was, he was, he was a Presbyterian minister for 45 years. Oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, that's so weird because I'm sitting there like, how did I get Presbyterian minister out of like everything? <laughs> and so they always forget that you're a person too. And so I'm like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? You know, but it was, yeah, there's, there's really, really cool moments like that every single day. And I'm, you know, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And if you ever need me or if you want to do a session or something on a podcast or whatever, just let me know. I want to look at your chart before we go really quick because I know you got to get ready for work. I just want to see if we match okay. um, other places. Hang on. Let me go here. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, where's this at? Where'd it go? Hang on. Let me go here. Okay. When is your birthday? May 25th, 1994. Oh, so no wonder you're a Taurus cusp. Um, okay. And then what city were you born in? Sacramento. Oh, that's why we're friends. You know, all of my best friends and my husband, they're all from California. And then I end up bringing them here to Texas. That's hilarious. Yeah. We've been talking about buying a house there. You should come to Houston. It's great. You should. And then that way you can have your, um, your head thing done too <gasps> oh no wonder you're like this oh that's funny your um your venus is in cancer um so your love sign is in cancer which means when you get with somebody you stay with them for forever yeah um and then your mars so how you fight in your drive is in taurus oh it's so taurus not aries uh-huh that's in taurus yeah well that's why we're both friends because we're both stubborn and intense so what would happen then is that you're the person that sees things all the way through and then i'm the person that burns the forest in front of it and clears the way so <laughs> yes that is that is exactly how that would go and then i like that you have your second house in virgo as well so that means that's kind of like the heartbeat or the backbone of your life and mine's in capricorn so we both have it in earth signs which means when you have your second house in earth signs that means you have a lot of shit happen to you that's terrible but then you end up coming out of it and you end up having a really good story and you can help other people with it because you have the patience and the virtue to go forward in life um that also means you're really really hard on yourself it's interesting too is you have a thing called a lilith which is kind of like your shadow side that's the side that you're trying to not be like so your mars is in taurus which means you're steadfast you're true you're grounded um you can get very stubborn things go your way or the highway but then your lilith is also in taurus so that means don't be so stubborn and resist change um that it's going to screw you over and it's interesting too so your north node which is what your soul is trying to become 
So you start off as a sun sign, which is your Gemini, and then you end as your north node. That's in Scorpio. So you are trying to become a Scorpio, and I am a Scorpio. So you're getting there. <laughs> I told you I'm not, I'm not you yet, but I will be soon. You are. You're getting there. Well, the other thing that's interesting. So you and I do go yin and yang. So we have a thing called uh, masculine versus feminine energy. Mm -hmm. uh, masculine is thinking with your head. Yeah. Feminine is thinking with your heart. Right. And so I am eight masculine and um, sorry, seven masculine and three feminine. And then you are seven feminine and three masculine. So, so just polar opposite. Yep. Opposite, but the same. Yep. 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 So that works. Well, that also means it gets along together. So like if I, if you were um, like the seven masculine and the, and the three feminine, then it would be two dominant males going at each other. That doesn't work out very well. Oh yeah. No, that wouldn't right? work. Or it would be the opposite way too. If some, if I was, you know, seven feminine and three masculine, it'd be both very emotionally tied and wishy-washy and nobody would get shit done. Right. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I love you. And have an absolutely fabulous day at work. I'm going to start editing content for my side. Yeah, well, I love you too. I'm so happy. I And I will drop your episode on Sunday. Okay. All right, Diane. Thank you, dear. All right. You're welcome. Love you, love you too. Bye.